Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. I am so, so stoked to be here, and I'm even more excited about my first guest for my first ever podcast episode. In true Jessica form, I've decided to switch things up a little bit. As many of you know, my content is somewhat geared towards women in recovery, their stories, experiences, and points of view. Today, I've decided to interview my first man, my first sober man. Seeing as I was doing something new, I thought, hell, why not bring in a new perspective? I am so excited to introduce to you guys Brad from Suspect Apparel. Brad's experience and his stories and his purpose is very, very inspiring. In this episode, we discuss his childhood, his adulthood, how he got to rehab and how he got through it and what came out of it on the other side. I really hope you enjoy this episode and be sure to check out Brad's line of clothing, Suspect Apparel. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and rate my podcast. Love to hear from you guys. And let's get into it. So Brad, thank you so much for being here. Again, round two. <laughs> so Brad, can you tell us a bit about yourself? What, uh, what is your story? What's your recovery story? Well, first of all, thanks for having me again. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a sweet spot. Yeah. But, um, I guess, you know, I don't really know where to start with my story. I, um, for me, alcoholism was, was something that uh, I grew up in, right? And uh, that's how I was brought up. My family, from a young age, I guess, my mom, she had me around 17 years old. And uh, I guess, yeah, she gave me up for adoption to my grandma, which was good, which is a good, turned out to be probably a best for the best at the time and I never really looked at it that way until more recently while being sober but I uh, was brought up into it and my grandma so I lived with my grandma and my uncle from I think the age of two until probably 18 17 and uh, that was the life I was brought into it uh, my mom like I said gave me out she went out I'm assuming I never really talked to her about it yet, but I'm assuming she just was young. She wanted to continue to do what she wanted to do, right? Right. Uh, which was 
drink and party, I guess, at that age. Um, she kept my sister. I have a, an older sister, a year older, so she ended up staying with her. I don't know how that worked out, but that's what the story was. Uh, but my grandma, my uncle, they were kind of like, I guess I could describe them as uh, weekend warriors. You know, they would, uh, they provided for me as best as they could, as much as they could. Uh, but come Friday, uh, that's when the party started. You know, it was kind of like, uh, and this is all I knew. I thought it was completely normal. I didn't know anything else. Right. And I thought this is how just everybody lived because I did it at such a young age. Um, in a pretty bad neighborhood in Winnipeg, Manitoba. But uh, Friday come, uh, my uncle get off work and they would just both, uh, son and mom, would, yeah. uh, would just start drinking and they'd binge drink, right? Friday till Sunday night, sometimes right into Monday morning. Wow. Um, and go hard, like nonstop, day and night. And it was, it was really sloppy and really traumatic at times. But mm-hmm. again, I thought that was just a normal thing. Um, and it's as it sounds, it's almost like when I was at the young age, I used to look forward to it. Um, I'd be like, yes, it's Friday, they're gonna drink, you know. I was excited, the reason being is because like, I knew I was gonna get money out of them, you know. They would be, because they all, that's just the <laughs> only time. Money is good. <laughs> this is the only time they've ever shown emotions. Um, and uh, I've never been a person of, of emotions ever in my life, but that was the only time they kind of showed some sort of love and compassion and all that and caring. Um, but at the best part of it all was the money, right? I'd get money every day or any chance because they were drunk, they were drinking. Right. And uh, I was able to stay out late uh, or all night or just not come back, uh, hang out with my friends. And you know, that kind of led to another thing, just had no boundaries, I guess, so to speak. I had so much freedom when they would drink because they couldn't take care of me and I was a, a young, a young boy and I just, uh, yeah, was out day and night on the weekends. Like I said, just looked forward to it and it was, it was completely normal for me. And it was something that I always looked forward to. I mean, who wouldn't look forward yeah, to yeah. like getting all this love and money <laughs> and freedom? I mean, that's kind of what we live for. Yeah. And I was really young, right? It's like, yeah. um, like, this is why I say I don't even know where it started, but I know uh, I can recall right back to Probably, I, man, I was just really young. <laughs> yeah. And I think that first time I've ever tried a beer was probably around the age of 10, for sure. Because um, I do recall drinking. It's weird how we remember that, how we could remember the first time we tasted a, a beer and be like, ugh, yeah. it's the grossest thing in the world. Totally. And then you, like, learn to love it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, whatever. It's like, drink disgusting stuff have a good time I guess everybody did it so it was a cool thing to do right <laughs> exactly <laughs> so through your childhood yeah it's kind of scary growing up thinking that that's normal yeah so from there how did it progress how did your life and oh, how did you get into it so I think a lot of it like I said was I was brought up into it and um you know I just it was like the the thing to do in, in, in my neighborhood. Again, I, br- I was brought up in a really bad, lower class um, neighborhood in Winnipeg, Manitoba. It was very gang-ridden, crime-ridden, you know, and a lot of substance abuse. It was a, you know, 90% first 
you know, indigenous culture, right? Um, and that's just all we knew. And and how I how it progressed is, you know, these late nights, these weekends, um, you know, I would have free, complete freedom. So I was free to do whatever I want. So I started getting into, the, you know, doing small crimes as a as a small kid. I can't believe, like, I was really young, you know? Like started how old? Off, you know, like, I, I couldn't even... Probably, I'd say around seven or eight, probably. Whoa. And I was, at that point, I mean, I'm sure everybody stole something in, the, in their life, but right. I'm pretty sure it started around that. And then it's gone to bigger, crazier things as I grew older. And then alcohol came in. And uh, alcohol was this new freedom, right? It was this new feeling um, that it was power. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you felt fearless and... You know, you didn't. You could do whatever you want now. You could talk to that person, or you could do that crime, or you could do right. anything when you're under influence of alcohol. You felt like above the law, exactly, right? yeah. just invincible. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, it was just a normal thing to do. Everybody's family did it. Everybody's sister did it. Everybody's uncle, aunt, mom, dad, um, and it was always broken families in the neighborhood. It was moms and dads were never really together, so. Um, yeah, I mean, all that freedom just kind of led to a lot of things, and it was just, we drank. We drank to have a good time, we partied. I think in my early teens uh, was when I really experienced blackouts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in that lifestyle and around that, around those people, it was, you know, it just progressed. Um, and that's what we did every day, every weekend. And, you know, it was just a sense of belonging, I guess. Um, watch these young teenage gangs when I was a kid um, do their thing all night and day and you know all the violence and all that and they would drink all the time in the park the three houses away from me and it was always like oh I want to do that I want to be there one day you know so it was like as kids me and my boys sort of striving to basically be a gang member yeah exactly and it's sad as that sounds and it was kind of like we would um, like be cool with them and find somebody or steal some beer from right. our parents or whoever and go show up in the park and try to be cool and get accepted. We would drink with these older kids and gang members and next thing you know, we're doing bad stuff for them and stuff under the influence of alcohol, right? Yeah. Well, that's basically where, you know, I could get into a lot of details with, but that's, it's definitely played off one thing after another. It just was like the way to go, way to do, you know, way to be accepted is to drink, you know, way to, you know, get through whatever way to get that girl is to drink because you're confident you know way to i don't know you know just everything kind of played off each other totally so how does that translate into your adult life like how like growing up you know drinking is the norm on the weekends how did that then affect you in your adult life and your decisions um I think majorly, I never really acknowledged it until, until I really looked back in the past couple of years. But um, throughout my teens, it was just you know party after party. We we were we lived to party. Uh, we, you know, like I said, my parents were weekend warriors, and you know, my goal, I actually had a goal um, when I was younger. I realized you know a lot of my family and a lot of family friends and. A lot of the gang members in the area, nobody's ever graduated. Mm. So I was always like, 
I want to be the one to graduate, you know? I don't give a shit if I, if I pass with 60% or 55%, I'm going to be the one to graduate. Yeah. And I always want to be, I always want to stand out. I always want to be the one. Right. So that was my goal as a kid. Where was I going with that again? So how did, <laughs> so how did you kind of realize, you know, drinking like every weekend, weekend warriors is, is the norm for you. So how did you, or, like in your adult life, figure out like, wait, something isn't adding right. up. Like yeah, yeah. this isn't working for me. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Yeah, see, I knew it was going with that. But yeah, okay, so <laughs> weekend warriors, like I said, it's funny because like my family was like that. And I never realized it, but I became that person. I became what my guardians, you know, my parents were at the time. Right. Wait, I became, did you graduate? I ended up graduating, yes. Yeah. But one year late. I was oh. like, no. Reason <laughs> being is because I was arrested at a young age and I had to sit in jail for a while. Okay. But, uh, yeah, like I said, every every time drinking, always drinking. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny is like, I never really thought back on it until I got sober, until I went to treatment. I look back at all I was like man every th and I couldn't find one thing I couldn't find one situation where I wasn't under the influence of any substance I, you know wow. and I've been did so much shit and it was like maybe I do have a problem I always ignored people when they're like man you have a, you have an issue I was like no I don't right no. everyone else is doing yeah, it yeah everybody he, well then he has an issue she has an issue it's like no just, this is just the lifestyle you know so, I mean, yeah, it just definitely... That's exactly just, what it is. It's all, it was a lifestyle. Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm. So, now you're an adult. What finally made you go to treatment? Um, well, it's, man, it's, I'm, like I said, I'm 32 now. And uh, it's, it's sad that it took so pretty long. I never really believed in any treatment. I never... I, I was I always saw it as just a sign of weakness. It's like, man, you, you have to go to rehab, you have to go to treatment, ha, 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 you know, make fun of some people. And, you know, as much as I hate to admit this, I was that kid at a young age. I was that crappy kid that would show up on a bicycle to the treatment facility to meet somebody, you know, that's in treatment trying to get themselves better. But here I am enabling or providing for them, right? Ooh. And I hate, I hate admitting that and I hate saying that, but... The more I say it, the better, you know. It's it's just good. It's good to let that out, right? Yeah. It's one of these really bad things I did. And uh, so I used to be that person. So I never believed it. It's like I just did a lot of bad stuff, shady stuff, and um, never acknowledged it. I never, never cared to make things right, you know. And I try to think of, you know, when I hear all the time people like, oh, there's a rock bottom. They hit their rock bottom, you know. It's finally somebody's uh, hit their rock bottom and made them change. Mm -hmm. When I think back, it's like, man, I must have hit a million rock bottoms, you know? I don't even know what a rock bottom is. You hit it and dug a tunnel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I'm going to use that from now on. I yeah. like that. Because that's basically what I did. It's like, when I think back, it's like, my rock bottoms are when I ruined a relationship or a friendship or, or ruined some sort of family through whatever it was, crime or or anything, I always thought, I'm at my rock bottom. Well, I never thought that at the time, but I'm like, okay, well, if I was in a really crappy spot, I found a way out. And it was never to make that person or those people or that organization or whatever better. It was just to make myself better. So for me, I always thought, well, I was just, when I hear like 
life's unmanageable, you know, mm -hmm. with alcohol. I always thought, well, I always managed my life, you know. Right. So I'd always think, when I thought back, it's like, I found ways to manage it, so to speak, in my mind. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I never cared what, what I've done to other people or anything. I always found a way to get myself out of that, those feelings. Whether it was manipulating something or, or making changes somewhere along the lines, I don't know what I did, but I always found my way out of it um, to the point where I would feel better. And I didn't care what anybody else thought or how they felt. It's like I never acknowledged that. It's like, I feel better about right. myself. I don't care about you guys, right? Yeah. I never really fixed any of those situations, you know? Yeah. I just fixed myself temporarily at the time. Right. So it's kind of like just sweeping under the, car under the carpet. No, I'll move forward, you know? I'll do my thing to make myself better. So technically, I didn't hit a rock bottom, you know? Like you said, yeah. dug a tunnel through. <laughs> moved on, right? Got away from all just that. And that's how it. I live my life and you know and you know I would drink to overcome those those emotions or those feelings or of guilt or whatever it was from doing whatever I did but I always found a way to do it so that's why I, I try to not really much of a title but I think I was like a functioning alcoholic because I never like I said really feel like I I have like I have hit rock bottoms but I think I've did it a million times <laughs> you probably just got used yeah. to it yeah, exactly, I think right? Rock bottom was comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. What made you go to rehab? Um how man. did you get there? So many, many years of drinking, partying and just living my life, working hard, playing hard. Um, this is why I say I was a functioning alcoholic because I don't think I've ever really I think I was just really good at manipulating people. Whether, you know, it be you know, I always found a way, I don't know how, but I always found a way to keep my job or, or to keep certain things, certain possessions or whatever. Um, I got this job uh, and I was, I, you know, past 10 years, I was just moving all over from city to city, getting closer to the West Coast. And I was like, this is great for me. You know, I always bull bullshitted everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is good, you know. And I was really good at hiding my addiction and I was really good at hiding the crime life. I, I had like a million faces, a million lives <laughs> that I was living behind people. Like I was really easily able to, to adjust and put that mask on to whatever situation I was in. I was really good at that. So anyways, I was moving and I'm like, yeah, this is great. And so I was feeling good about myself. I'm gonna move to another city. Um, I'm gonna get away from all this. So, you know, I moved to another city and, you know, what's the first thing you do? You don't know, really know much people. How you know, how you meet people is you go out and all I knew how to meet people was, you know, the clubs or partying or whatever. So every city I went to, uh, I got away mostly, you know, thankfully I got away from a lot of the crime, violent gang life that I was probably going to die in at some point. But uh, I got that away, you know, got away from that to a point. But my drink, the alcoholism was progressing. Like it's even getting worse. It's like I was having a time of my life everywhere I went. Every city I moved into is like I met some crazy people, like all different walks of life, right. you know. And it was just like I was just drinking and partying every time. Work hard, drink and party, drink and party. And that was really all I did for the past like ten years. And I was really big into alcohol. Was like 
the number one, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And then I really got into like all the party drugs and and it just they went hand in hand together. But uh, yeah, so every city I went to and I ended up, ended up getting to a point of being super far west coast and on an island in the Victoria, you know, yeah. Victoria, BC. It's an island. It's the first time going there and that's probably I moved there my work moved me there in June 2016 and it was the most beautiful place ever I, I lived in and it was like but I was so far away from everybody I was on an island I had no friends there and no family and it was you know I thought it was like something I needed I was like yeah this is perfect you know right. it's like I'm completely isolated now meanwhile this whole time I'd you know I love being alone and stuff but it's just weird how when you look back at it, it's like man I was really really drawn to isolation you know I was like I didn't want anybody in my life I didn't want to share any emotions I didn't want anybody knowing about me or anything so now I'm on this actual island you know right. I was living like an island but now I'm on an island and uh, so that's where it was it's like okay new life oh yes I was doing really good in the company and stuff I got away yeah. from I'm super far away from any crime life and uh, what did I do? I just continued drinking, just going hard, meeting these people down there. It's like, it's the easiest way to meet somebody is through freaking partying. It's like drinking and drugging. Yeah. It's the quickest. Getting uh, wasted. Yeah. And you meet those people. Unfortunately, then you're stuck with those people. So that's where it got me to. And I was there and I was doing really good there. And I was always traveling back and forth now. You know, I had, all, you know, I was working hard, mm-hmm. uh, making lots of money, which was supplying my addiction um, and I fit I choose I chose not to see that I chose you know I had this work addiction which I learned in treatment as well that that was a thing I didn't even know that was a thing um, but I was you know making this great amount of money and I was like I had nothing to show for it when I now when I look back I had nothing to show for it because it's like work hard play harder you know and I was just it was supplying my alcohol my drugs my parties um, and all the shady people in my life, right? Yeah. So I did that, and it's crazy how like how fast it went downhill um, from what I thought was super success um, for me, being in a position I'm in on an island in a very expensive city. You know, I, I had I had all had a super nice car, um, and it was just it spiraled down. The first maybe six months was good. I was just getting established. And, my living situation and meeting friends and stuff. And then in the last six months, when I look back now, it was just a crazy downward spiral. It was just downward. I was, I was losing, you know, everything, I think, at the time. And I never really noticed it. I had a girlfriend from the long term. I lost her. She moved She moved away. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I, so I didn't, whatever. That was nothing at the, to me at the time. I was like, oh, whatever. Never really noticed. And that was a lot of drinking. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that was because of the drinking and drugging and partying. Um, and then, like, my roommate, I got into an argument, got kicked out. It was just everything, you know. I was financially getting messed up on a lot of different, my bills. And then, you know, I was, you know, I owe this person money uh, to, you know, I got this new charge, assault charge now. So, like, everything was just going back. downward spout, like, crazy. Like, and uh, that summer, and I was, you know, like, my... My direct supervisor of my work was a buddy of mine who I did a lot of drinking and drugging with. Yeah. You know, all the time. So he always looked out for me and I looked out for him. And uh, that's all we did. So 
the the addiction, the alcoholism, all that was interfering with work, but myself and him were not. You guys were it. like covering each other's yeah, tracks. Yeah, exactly. So right? you were good. Exactly. So that's exactly what is happening. And then you know, um, to speed up here. I guess uh, he went on two week holiday. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. And uh, I guess he had... Uh... Uh, this acting supervisor um, who was not a friend or anything of mine, you know, just a kind of a colleague, co-worker of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and so four days into it, they, uh, which was normal to me, they found me passed out on my work vehicle, right? I'm oh, not sure. wow. Yeah. So my work <laughs> <Oops>. vehicle. <laughs> so I kind of slipped on that too. And uh, so, and while being on the island, they put GPS and all their their company-owned vehicles just so for safety and all that and right. if it gets stolen or or what whatever it may be but if you pass out drunk in them they yeah, know so where you I, are <laughs> I, I messed up on that right remember i was telling you how i was like this weekend warrior but being yeah. on the island i was almost every night of the week now oh, wow. that's one thing i didn't mention but it was getting really bad i was like there was something to do every night mm. i was like oh i just wanted to drink every day you know and i was taking other substances in the morning to make myself feel better to get through a day at work. But uh, so they put GPS in the thing. I figured out how to disconnect this GPS. Um, the nights of, you know, the weekends and stuff so they don't know me where I am or right. what I'm doing or driving drunk, which was the stupidest thing ever. So I found a way to disconnect the GPS and all that. But this night I slipped, I guess, because it, it was a weekday. Um, it was a Tuesday night, actually. Because I was found Wednesday, 
Yeah. So Tuesday night I went hard. I don't even know why. I didn't sleep. Uh, I don't even. I guess that's a blackout, really, when you think about it. I don't really remember driving or or where I was. I just remember waking up in the backseat of my vehicle uh, with the, the acting supervisor that was covering for my friend banging on my window. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Oh. And it was like 12 o'clock the next day. You know what I mean? They're like, what? You know, I open, I'm like, what's up? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm passed out what does it look like yeah but me you know I I just was just straight with the guy and I was, he's like what's going on with you man I was like I don't know I was like I went out last night obviously you know acting like it was no, no big, big deal, deal. <laughs> and he's like man are you okay like do you need help I'm like fuck I'm like no but at that time I was probably still drunk right I was right. probably still under influence like I think 100% of where it was because it's like 12 o'clock and my guys the the projects I was supposed to be overseeing, nobody knew where I was. So they GPS and found me. And uh, they're like, oh, so part of our policy is you have to go to get a urine sample, you know, and all this stuff to see if you're under any drugs or alcohol or blah, blah, blah. And at that point, um, at that point I knew, because we're a union company, I knew, I think I was just at that point, I was just really, something within me knew I was just tired and done with it. And I knew I would get help Mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that, but I I think there's just something in me that, man, I got to deal with this. I got to do it. I know I'm just, I was probably, that day I was feeling like crap, obviously, from a night of drinking. Then I'm embarrassed as hell. Um, and the thing is, though, is like, so he says, yeah, we need to get you in for a, a P test to see where and go from there. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. He's like, you need to call the uh, who was the area manager who was in charge of the whole island, Mm -hmm. who hired me 10 years ago directly and who's been my supervisor since. So I've done some partying and stuff with him as well, right? Right. And so I'm like, yeah, whatever, sure. And uh, he puts him on the phone, still at the vehicle, same spot within, you know, five minutes. And he puts me on the phone, he's like, Brad, what's going on, man, what's up? I'm like, oh, I went out last night, went hard, I don't know what the hell I did, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, we looked at the GPS, you said, you were all over the place. I'm like, really? He's like, were you driving? I was like, I don't know. Someone was. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I have no idea. I just woke up in the backseat. It was a hot summer day too, so thankfully somebody found me, you know? Jesus. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so moving forward, it was kind of like, he always looked out for me too. Um, And he says, you know, well, in order for you to come back to work right now, he's like, we need, you know what we need to do. I'm like, yeah, I need a, you know, a P test. And I was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, can you pass a P test? He says to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, probably not, no. And uh, I'm not gonna pass. He's like, okay, well, we'll just get this test done. He's like, do you need a couple days? Mm-hmm. And he, in the past, this has been offered to me, right? It's like, they would be like, uh, here, take a couple days, but they won't say what for. They just right. know, go clean, go detox, go right. do what you gotta do in those two days and we'll, test you yeah they're giving you a free pass yeah and i'd always take it yeah so this is the moment when i thought you know i don't know what was in me but i was still obviously under influence and i just said no he's like what he was kind of surprised taking back he's like you sure yeah so like, we could set it up for friday morning this was a wednesday and i'm like no i was like let's just get it over with right i think at that point i knew um i'm gonna fail i knew at that point um the union would get involved and I think at that point, I, I kind of knew there was going to be some sort of help. I didn't know what help looked like or what it was going to be like. 
I knew that was going to be the the you know the wheels in motion. I was going to get things going for me, and I just as much as I didn't want to do it, I was like, screw it, I got to do this. Otherwise, I'm probably going to freaking die. You know, like yeah. one month prior or a few weeks prior to that, I made a suicide attempt too, and it was failed, thankfully. So I mean, I think that I was just really tired. I was like, nope. I gotta take this test. Yep. Basically, that that point on that, that Sunday, it was like, "Okay, we're gonna get you in for assessment with uh, it's a therapist, yep. right? It's a therapist, right? Yeah." So I'm like, "Sure, yes, whatever." Anyways, I I uh. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skin care is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. They got me in contact with somebody in the same city and this was like another waiting period now another few days it was a thursday so it was monday the following thursday i was supposed to go meet i remember this very clearly uh she said kate meet me there at nine meet we'll have this meeting at nine whatever on a thursday the following thursday and uh i was drinking and partying the whole week and i totally missed that appointment and i completely lied to her what i did i can't remember it's probably had nothing to do with drinking or drugging Mm -hmm. um so we reset it up for the following Tuesday now, and then I finally, so that gave me like two weeks of just trying to think of how I'm gonna manipulate this. What am I gonna say, mm-hmm. you know? What am I gonna do? And so I came up with this stupid story. Got me to that point, I had this elaborate, uh, this elaborate uh, story that was gonna get me, get me through and of all course. that stuff, right? always a cover up. Yeah. So you had this interview with the therapist. You basically came clean. Yeah. Where did you go from there? Um, so after that uh, that uh, that meeting with her, I was completely honest. Even though I made this elaborate story, right? Like mm-hmm. I had many days to really go over my story, um, which was a fake story, to just so I could get back to work. Because like I said, there was a work addiction there that I couldn't live without. It's like, oh, I need to be back to work, back to work, back to work. Right. But uh, so. I came clean 100%. I've never, I'm like, screw it. I think during this time I was really feeling bad that I was lying and then I just kind of came straight with her and then I I thought, you know, I think I think at that point I was just like, again, had this weird emotion and weird thoughts like, man, I just need to come straight. Like I started getting, 
um, reminded how bad it really is for me. I think maybe you know, like yeah. if I think back now, I'm thinking, well, maybe there was some sort of subconscious, freaking side of me that was trying to tell me no, man, like poking, you know. Right. You know, poking at me like, just be straight, because you're gonna freaking die. You know, you have a, sh you're living a really shitty life right now. Like, be straight. So that's what I did. Um, so at the end of it, like I said, I was like in tears, and and she was like in tears too, and she's like, wow, like, oh my god, you know, because I was completely straight. We went right back to my childhood, and I let out a bunch of different bad, good things, and uh, so at that point. Um, She's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to recommend six weeks of uh, of uh, treatment, right? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, six weeks? I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, wow. She's like, yeah, trust me, you need it. She's like, we need, she's like, let's just start there. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, six weeks, though? She's like, yeah. I like, can I do, like, two weeks? She's like, no, let's go six weeks. <laughs> two weeks to yeah. fix, like, oh, 30 <laughs> yeah. years of problems. Yeah, and I was kind of like, so that's where it was. And then... Um, so actually, I, I left this part out. Back in when I was, my, my position, uh, I work as in a management position, I was the one that was, when people would mess up at work, I was the one to take them in for their P-test or urine samples when they would mess up, oh, right? Wow. So I was always taking kids or guys, young guys, in for these tests and they would fail. Um, when they would fail, uh, last I heard of them is going to treatment facility. At least. Right. And uh, that Sunday, I recall um, one very common name. It was called T Together We Can. And uh, I recall that one being the main one that everybody was going to. Right. So I called that one. Um, and they're like, oh, we have a one-month waiting list. And I was like, oh, okay, well, shit, you got some parties for a month, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, no problem. Right on. They're like, okay, uh, they're like, uh, are you working right now? I'm like, nope, I'm suspended. And they're like, okay. So it was probably like a red flag for them. They're totally. Like, oh, Okay. Um, they're like, where are you living? I was like, well, I was living in Victoria. I'm in Vancouver now. They're like, oh, were you doing couch surfing and stuff? I was like, well, not really. I'm kind of living in my vehicle right now. They're like, so that's probably Ooh. another red flag for them. Because yes. I didn't want to couch surf because I didn't want anybody knowing that I was suspended or, you know, or anything. So I didn't want to reach out to any of my friends. I was always, right. you know, this successful, you know, cool person that will never fail. And, uh, so however. basically, yeah, <laughs> however, exactly. And so, you know, I told them that I was uh, living in my vehicle. They're like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, what are you up to now? And I'm like, nothing, just partying every day, you know, living the life. But this <laughs> living is me. Living La Vida Broca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. They're like, how did you hear about us? I was like, well, you know, so I kind of gave them the brief story. I was like, well, mm -hmm. I would send, I guess, sort of send my employees to here, you know, in the past. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, call us back in like 15 minutes. I never did. They called me back. Yeah. And uh, they said, uh, come in tomorrow morning. So from one month uh, waiting list to the next morning, they're like, come in tomorrow morning. We have, we'll have a bed for you and whatever. So I don't know. I guess when I look back now, those were obviously red flags. Are like, oh shit, this guy, let's get him in now. So, <laughs> so that's where it started, right? Wow, <laughs> how the yeah. tables have turned yeah. from you checking in your employees to yeah. you now reaching out mm -hmm. and having to go yourself. I know it's, it was really hard to to swallow that for sure. Yeah, I mean, did you ever think when you were checking others in that like, oh? 
I might be here one day or I should probably never. be here. I probably never did. I probably was, I don't know. I, I think back, I don't think I uh, ever thought that. Hmm. Yeah, I was probably so selfish and, you know, self-centered that I just never thought I had an issue, right? Yeah. I mean, that's also part of our addiction. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. That, I mean, that story is intense. <laughs> it's it's a lot. I mean... Yeah, it is a lot. I'm kind of glad that you ratted on yourself, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, today... And I, I'm glad I took that step because, like, I was really, like I said, work addiction in uh, six weeks yeah. turned into, you know, um, well, my thought was, you know, two weeks and then turned to six weeks. And then in treatment, I was only supposed to be there for six weeks, turned into 60 days. Um, you know, after 60 days, I was so scared to go out because I was, you know, I just wasn't ready. Turned into 90 days in a wow. treatment facility. And, uh you know, it's just kind of, it's the best thing I've ever done because I never, ever, ever chose to look at myself or look deep within myself. Right. And uh, deal with a lot of things that I probably should have dealt with. Uh, just too e- it's easy. I always took the easy route, you know, and uh, having all those programs and all that support and assistance available to me mm-hmm. day in and day out for 90 days was probably the best thing ever. Um, I only started taking advantage of any of them after like say 30 days. First 30 days is like first two weeks there. I was like, man, I want to leave. I freaking hate this. Right. You know, I can't stand this. You know, after 30 days, it's like, man, I'm feeling awesome. Like, man, I'm detoxing. Like, it took like 30 days to be completely like detoxed in my mind. I was like feeling amazing. I was like, screw it. I'm just gonna do everything I possibly can to learn about myself. And I just was completely willing at that point. And uh, yeah, so I was just I did that for 30 days and. You know, I learned to live without work. I learned to live uh, with those finances, which were much less than what what I was making. And right. uh, it was just, I was accepting of it. It's like, man, it's like, I always thought, was my life, what, what's more worth it? You know, that or my life, that or my life. You know, it's always like, always, it's either life or, for me, my thought every day was life or death, life or death. If I leave now, I'm gonna die. If I right. choose not to finish this, I'm gonna die. You know, if I, if I go back to work this right away, I'm probably gonna die because it's gonna get right back into what I was doing. Totally. Um, so from there, I went for three days treatment. Then we moved. I moved into a, a transitional housing um, to slowly get back into the real world. I stayed in there for six months now, so it's nine months now away wow. from work. Right? I was away from work for nine months. Is like everything. I just completely changed my life in those nine months, and I still today continue to to work on that. And uh, but yeah, it's like from my mind was like a couple weeks you know turned into nine months if i highly recommend that going through treatment you know get there do more than a month you know you don't have to do three months but more than a month i always say and definitely consider the second stage treatment meaning the transitional housing because it's going to help you that much more i've seen a lot of people go from rehab straight back to work and they relapse within a month right it's it's like a high percentage i've i've noticed that so that's like i didn't want that it's like no i'm going to stay in this didn't plan to stay there for six months but i ended up staying for six months right Right. it's just so interesting because you know listening to you describe your childhood and you constantly striving for this freedom and you know like basically a Mm free-for-all to now like you're 
you kind of crave like the structure and you appreciate like the programs and you know being accountable yeah it's i think it's very it's kind of ironic but it's necessary absolutely definitely necessary so where are you at today what What's going on today? Talk about uh, suspect apparel, please. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, like my recovery is pretty solid. Like I'm living as honest. I've never lived such an honest life before, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to be really honest. I do a lot of recovery. My recovery is like solid. Um, I do a lot of, uh, you know, I, I my service work. I do, you know, help phones at the central office out here in Vancouver, um, taking phone calls. I speak at uh, high schools now, which is amazing. I never thought I could do that. I hate public speaking, but yeah. something about teenagers in high school I could relate with, right? And, yeah. uh, and I think that's at a level where it needs to be definitely addressed, you know, because that's where they're really getting too exposed yes. with all the drugs, the alcohol, and all the crap that's out there today. So it was really good. I do that now, part of my recovery. Um, I do this this brand now, like this is something that was just supposed to be a hobby. Yeah. And it turned into something beyond my expectations. You know what I mean? And it was yeah, because uh, um, well, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I know, that was a, a method for my, you know, what I did back last year while I was in treatment. November, I started making clothes. Right. I was like, well, I want something that's more just open, simple, open, and anybody could wear. So I started making myself some stuff. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I started wearing it out, and people were like, instantly, "Where'd you get that? Where'd you buy that? Where'd you get that?" I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I make it." And I always got people like, oh, I want one. Can you make me one? Can you make me one? And so I was like, sure, That's sure. Awesome. You know, and then it just turned into this thing. Like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, too. And it's like quick. It's almost getting too quick for me. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like I'm still, you know, pushing away and like still making, putting a lot of time into it. You know, a lot of, I still got to build the brand as much as I can. But right now, it's just crazy. I'm sending stuff all over the place. For, you know, I've sent stuff to Singapore. No uh, way. Australia f- quite a few times now, um, all over the States. Yeah. I'm um, currently talking to somebody in UK. Uh, you know, it's just crazy. It's like, I never thought I'd be sending, you know, a piece of material to the other side of the world, right? That's so, so amazing. So it's, it's crazy. And you it's, just can't keep it on the shelves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it, right? It just comes down to in time and money, too. It's like, if I had this uh, a large sum of money, then yeah, I could probably you know put it in stores right now but i can't so Mm -hmm. i'm just working with what i got and i'll let it you know progress on its own or when i can't i mean it's only been a couple months exactly and it's like unbelievable yeah and people like you know and i'm already i'm still blowing up like crazy on instagram now that i have my website it's just crazy that's going too and i'm still tweaking stuff on that website it's like it's a whole new thing for me and uh it's definitely a huge method of my recovery now I never thought it would be uh, mainly because I'm, the interaction I have with people all around the world, I get people just randomly sending me messages uh, just to tell me how they're doing, how their recovery's going, yeah. how bad it was for them, how good it is for them to be sober today. And it's like, right. holy smokes, like, I didn't expect any of this, right? Yeah. Um, and I get a lot of people, you know, I've actually had a few people reach out for help through me that I've mm-hmm. never met in my life. And, you know, like, I was like, you know, what the, I'm like, I don't know how to help this person. And I'm like, wait, what would I have wanted? You you know, you have to definitely give it away. You definitely have to give it away. Like, I'm happy today, content. 
Uh, life's not perfect, but it will, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but it's mm-hmm. a whole lot better than what it was before. Um, and, uh, like, I continue helping people. And I'm not, you know, it's so weird for me. Um, you know, I hear people saying, go out and help people. It's like, yeah, okay, I, I will right. when I have the time. But what I notice for me is it just keeps coming to me. It's like right. people are coming to me randomly for help. You know, and it's That's like... That's your calling. Yeah, and I'm, like, leading with them on how my experience was. And he's like... Right. You know, it's it's really... It's kind of, you know, like... It's a totally different thing when you have a man, you know, share emotion and, and tears with another man. It's, like, unheard of. So, over the phone with this guy and, you know, like hearing that, it's like, man, like, shit. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. It's hitting me. It's helping me at the same time, right? So, these Definitely. things help me. When I help somebody, it helps me. Um, so, that's where I'm at today with that. It's like, I do so much more things to do and... And wherever I can provide my service to people, then I'll do it, right? And Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just have to take a second to say that um, this is our second time recording this <laughs> because I'm not very tech savvy. Um, <laughs> whatever. That's another show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just really felt the need to get your story out because I think so many people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. And you're just, your story is incredible and you're amazing and how you've you. really changed your life around and it's just really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had to get you to tell it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard, but you know, like it gets easy, a little bit easier each time, but I don't think yeah. it'll ever be easier. Okay. And I try to overthink it. I always end up overthinking of what I said after, but you know, right now I work on just like, it doesn't matter. I just speak and whatever comes out, it's going to let it out and that's what it is. Um, just be. Exactly. Just whatever, be. You know, and it's exactly mm-hmm. it. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely what keeps me going today is being a service to others. I definitely want to pursue going through these high schools, um, speaking on addiction. And I also would love to speak on, you know, crime and, and, and gang life and and that sort of thing as well at some point in life so um yeah just being a service to others is definitely where i want to be right now cool yeah. great story so where can people find your amazing clothes uh so suspect apparel www.suspectapparel.ca okay uh is our website uh, our store online store like my goal so yeah. it's crazy let me sorry no. go back a little um my goal is like, you know, maybe I'll build this brand and I'll get, maybe I'll get this brand into like some treatment facilities because I know everybody likes to promote their own clothing. All these facilities want to promote their own clothing. Right. Not stuff, but it's like, I could probably make it better, you know? You're right. So and now, it's like super cool yeah. and fashionable and not, not just yeah. sober people are interested in it. It's yeah. cool because it's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> and I get it all the time. The feedback is amazing. Yeah. And so, just recently, a treatment facility reached out to me to make them tank tops for their facility with their name, with my brand, right. and to support the Pride Parade coming up in September. So it's awesome. it was like all different levels. It's like, man, I love this. It's like I support it all. It's like I'll do all that. Like so, right now, I'm really working on that. So a goal I just sort of achieved, right? Yeah. To officially be in a uh, treatment facility so it's kind of cool so I look forward to it right? congratulations yeah. but yeah www.suspectapparel.ca 
We're on Instagram. We will be on Facebook within a month. Advice. Advice. If someone who's listening to this right now is kind of maybe contemplating sobriety or trying to get sober, what advice would you have to that person starting out or even in sobriety? What What's, what's a good... Uh, tidbit of advice um for me well you know like i would love to hear when i was really hopeless is there is hope 100 mm-hmm. percent uh there's so much help out there and help sounds really like kind of scary at some point some people i hated the word of help mm-hmm. i felt that's so independent but there's people out there that are going to support you there's a lot of support out there. there's a lot of things to do um your life will get so much more better um, if you feel you may not know yet that you're an alcoholic or whatever, a drug addict, or if you're in denial still, man, who cares? Just you know, accept it. You'll get all the support you can get, uh, a lot of help, and trust me, there's a lot of fun in recovery. There's a lot of fun being sober. Um, it's hard to believe, yes, especially for me, being a crazy party animal for m- my entire life. <laughs> I have a lot more fun being sober, to be honest. Yeah. And. Uh, like I said, there's so much stuff to do out there. There's so much hope, um, you know, and it's, I know we could feel like ending our lives any moment, but it's just not worth it. And it's like, you could have such a better life. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's again, life or death, um, whatever you choose. I mean, but you know, life, there's so much more life to live in sobriety, I believe. And it's basically, you know, a way of life. It's not for everyone, but right. what do you got to lose? Like I said, life or death. Exactly. You know, choose, try it out. See what you, sobriety's for you, and great. Guaranteed you'll love it after, you know, a couple months. If you do the work and, you know, do things you need to do to get yourself better, you're going to have so much better life. I 120% agree with that. Love it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Brad's story as much as I did. You can follow me on social media at A Sober Girl's Guide, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and also check out the blog at www.asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you for your continued love and support, and have a great day.